Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. about us the three amigos a lot is what's going on in our business today you know dion has just got his first duplex house hack with our uppers uh little known surprise he found uh, potentially another unit on his properties but i'll let him share that story later it was kind of right and of course we have matt who's building a bigger and bigger portfolio but i'm gonna ask the gentleman uh to go back to the first three years i've often said the first five years are slow but slow we're gonna go back to the first three uh, and talk about that and really figure out and just kind of put it out there because again, it's, it's slow for everyone, including us. Why don't we go to Dion first this time? Cause he went last, last time. Dion, uh, what do you remember about those first three years? Uh, so if we're going to cover three things on those first three years, I'm going to try to change it up a little and we're going to do two negative, one positive. Okay. So the first negative for me was not educating myself. I had no clue what I was doing. I had no podcasts, no audiobooks, no books. I 13 week boot camp to become a Marine, ongoing training, six month academy to become a police officer. If I wanted to work in a career that re required a degree, it would take years to get. And I thought I'll jump into real estate and replace my income and reach financial freedom and, and retire without any education whatsoever. Yeah. So I made all of those mistakes of, uh, can't trust a stranger, so I should rent to a friend. And if you rent to a friend, you don't need a lease, just do a handshake. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need any way to track your income and expenses, right? It's not enough to worry about when it's your first rental, like all of the mistakes, because I wasn't educated. And, and so if I could do anything, it would be educate to get a baseline and then right. take action, right? Not not know everything and have 100% confidence, get to 80% or so, and then take action because you're going to do things and learn more than you learn from listening and reading and add to it as you go. I like that. I like that. How about you, Matt? What's one of the first things you remember? Um, all assets aren't created equal. Ah, yep. All assets aren't created equal. Um, you can see something in a worse area that is a better return. It's a better return for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mean the spreadsheet you know. lies? It's true. And so that was one of the things that I learned. One of the things that I learned was just that all assets aren't created equal. And I had two assets in the same city, but it's a city of 125,000 people. And they were pretty different assets. They were different assets on the type of tenants that we would get. They were different assets on um, the type of calls that we were going to get about the property and people there and people in the surrounding area. So for me, it was the, the big mistake that I made was not understanding that there truly is a difference in asset quality um, and that it's not just a return on a spreadsheet. Yeah. That's a good one. My, my first one actually goes back to my first year and not buying anything, right? All the books that I read uh, told me to invest in my backyard. And, and I happen to live in a the Silicon Valley that hasn't cash flowed since 1970. And I didn't know any better, right? I, I didn't want to be an appreciation buyer. I mean, I knew that wasn't who I was. Uh, but we spent 52 weekends every Sunday 
for a year until Olivia finally got smart and said, this is clearly not working. You know, we need, we need a different choice. I will, I will say that the first three to six months was good. I think it's easier to learn the skill of learning a market in your backyard. But the last six months were a complete waste of time. We weren't learning anything new. We were just reinforcing that it doesn't cash flow. There wasn't no magic street. Uh, we should have we should have gotten to Fresno six months earlier, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So again, I think you learn a skill in three to six months. But after that, once you've got it, you know it's time to pick up your skill and go somewhere where it made sense. And so I wasted at least six months in the beginning. Kind of the idea of when I was saying I want to be educated, not but then also taking action. Yeah, yeah. those first six months. I got there and then I just kept going and yeah, that was a mistake. In in the beginning, the first those first few years, I what I struggled with was I didn't recognize that real estate is a business. Mm. We'll say it's a people business, right? But it's a business. And and if you're gonna run a business, the the idea behind any business is you have your um your conveyor belt of what the business does. Right. Right. So, so at a CDL school, it's they get a classroom portion to get the theory down. Then they get training in the field with their, you know, beginning meter and pre-test training, and then they take a test. So you've got this line. Well, with real estate, you have tenants in place. What systems keep the tenant in place? What what um, maintenance systems keep your properties up to date? You have the systems that run your business. But if nobody's coming in the door to a CDL school, you don't need instructors. And if nobody's going to come into your rental, you don't need systems to maintain them. So before your business, you have a funnel. And out here at the edge of the funnel, you have the whole planet, right? We're not going to rent to people in Russia, right? We're, but so you've narrowed down to your footprint of where you're at. Your uh, are they are they renters or buyers? So you're eliminating some people that are not the type that you want, and you get them down to those those ones that you want to reach. How do you reach them? How do you advertise your rental? How do you make it attractive to pull somebody into the door? All of the thought process of bringing that funnel down to the renters, to having systems in place to keep them. If, if I had pictured real estate in that format, my first couple of years, it was, I have a unit coming up. I better go to work and put a note up on the little cork board of anybody have a cousin or an aunt that needs a place to rent. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking, what is the, where do people go to look at their rentals? And when they do, what do they look for? It's not. As a buyer, we are, what's the square footage? What's the age of the building? So I have to think of, you know, is there lead paint? Is it septic or sewer? We're thinking all of these things and, and the tenant is going, how far is it from my work? Does it have enough rooms, right? Room count trumps square footage when a tenant first starts looking. And then the first, some people look at images, not words. They, they will not see that it has a great view. But if you have a picture, first picture is your view, not even the house, the view. They're going, oh, I'm gonna look at this house. So all of that process of bringing the funnel down to convert people to being in the business and then keeping them in the business would have been a complete game changer. That for me started around 2018. So I was probably six years in before I thought this is a business. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Matt, number two. Uh, hard conversations, hard conversations. Yep. So I was, I, I did not like them because they were hard. Uh, didn't like them. Didn't like calling a tenant out on being an idiot. You know, didn't, didn't stand up for myself when I was like, I'm not doing that. You broke it. Like you fix it. Or if I fix it, you're getting the bill. And if you don't pay the bill, then I'm going to evict you. Um, and I think that that costs a lot of landlords, a lot of money, a lot of money. 
in the tune of probably billions of dollars a year collectively. And so I think, and that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand is as corporations continue to take over more and more rentals, guess what? They're not, they're not afraid of telling you to go F yourself and then giving you a $9,000 bill and then suing you when you don't pay it. So if you want to see things and the crazy thing is, is the biggest corporate landlords are not buying in red governed states. They're buying in blue governed states because there's all the rules. And so the issue is, is that you will see your freedoms continue to decrease. And what you need to do as a landlord is you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that is something that now we teach in my course all the time. And that's why now everyone watching me now would be like, yeah, right. You had trouble with tough conversations. (laughs) I did. It was horrible. It was the worst. The reason I am the way that I am today is because I've not had three. I've had 3000. Right. And so I will still, if you're going to be difficult and you want to play the chaos less macho game and you want to be Mr. Tough guy uh, as a tenant, then that's fine. I'll just show you that at the end of the day, the lease is in place. Those are the rules. And if you don't want to adhere to them, you don't need to stay. And so you don't have to become emotional about it. It just becomes very matter of fact, and you need to stay in check too often. It's the small landlords that you hear that go overboard and do the wrong thing or the stupid thing. And then they end up in trouble themselves. And so it's a matter of being clear, concise. It's a matter of having a good quality lease, like we teach how to do in my course, having that lease, making sure you're enforcing that lease, how you enforce that lease, how you qualify tenants, all those things. That way you end up with the 90-10, which is 10% of your tenants make 90% of your noise, and then those don't get renewed. So having that tough conversation was really hard for me to learn in the beginning. It almost bankrupt me, not having that tough conversation. Um, and now I am tough conversation free. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. If you need to pick a fight, then I'm more than happy to fight with you and watch you'll lose. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, Going back to something Dion said, this being a people business, that was kind of my error. Uh, Again, this is kind of like putting it out there and just cleansing moment. I, I thought everything lived in the spreadsheet. I thought the spreadsheet was the answer. I thought my superpower of focus and daily discipline uh, was going to get me there. And it was slower than it could have been right now. If you look at my ORAT rules, uh, I forget what number it is. I think it's number four, meet new two people a week, grow your network. It's a people business, especially in an environment like we are today. Uh, most of your great deals will be what's called off market. Okay. So tell yourself, um, tell everybody, you know, what you're buying, make it your email signature. I mean, if I was trying to buy today with how I was operating the first five years, man, it would be rough. I'd be looking twice a day. I'd be writing crazy amount of offers and probably not getting very much success. But because now I have, you know, deal flow from off market, I still get to look at three or four deals a week. Um, and some of them are getting close. So, you know, this is a people business. Just, just meet two new people a week. You're, a year from now, that'll be 104 people. You just have no idea how much that changes your investing landscape. So again, meet, meet new people. Um, just ask for referrals. Real estate people will always share. So Dion, we're going to make the last one positive. Let's go positive. 
I, I like yours. If it's a people business, you, you want to meet people. And yes, when you're scaling and growing, if you're an introvert like me, you, you do want to interact with people and grow that scale. Kind of like financial freedom gets you time freedom. <clears throat> financial freedom gets you people freedom. <laughs> yeah. Right. You put up with them for a while if you're like me. So later you don't have to put up with any. So here's the thing I got right. The, the, the ones I got wrong in the beginning is I didn't run it like a business. And I didn't educate myself. The thing that I think I nailed and is one of the reasons why I'm successful, and it's not house hacking, that's, that's, that helped, right? That's probably the biggest catalyst to, to make it happen faster. But the thing I got right was patience mm -hmm. and setting a time schedule. We run into so many people right now, today it's 2023, and people will say, okay, so I want to get started in real estate today, how would you do it? You'll see the question on Facebook, you have $100,000, how would you start? Great mm -hmm. question, how would you start? <clears throat> The follow-up that isn't said out loud, and the reason why, <clears throat> excuse me, people don't like our answer sometimes, is they say, I have $100,000, I want to start in real estate, how would you do it? Because I want to retire, eh, probably not till November, like we could start now, and if you get me, if you get me retired with your theory by November, I'm good. If it was sooner, <laughs> that'd be great too, right? That's kind of the follow-up that's in the head that's not said out loud. So... When I first started, when I decided, okay, I'm going to reach financial freedom through real estate, I have determined my path to do this. I owned a house. I lived there with my kids. We moved into an apartment to rent out the house. I had started working at a truck driving school, so I had never worked in education before. I had to get two years consistent income to be bankable, to use the loan products I wanted to use. I wanted to get rental income on my tax returns for two years. I took two years to save. I wasn't making a lot. I had $17 an hour was my income. A little bit of side money from online sales from gaming. But I, I saved in two years, $28,000. Uh, got the consistent income on my, my um, bankability. Got the rental income on my tax returns. In two years, bought the first house hack. And it was two years till the next one. And I never once sat back and said, how do I do this faster? How can I, there's no way, I don't want to retire in 10 years. I thought I want to retire in 10 years. There are people right now who are 30 thinking 40 is way too old to retire. They want to retire by 32 at, at the latest. There are people that are 40 thinking they're too late to the game. But if you set a nice timeline and things could go faster, great. But don't focus on that. Just think, okay, what is the thing I need to do for the next year or two to get me to that 10-year timeline horizon? Uh, that's the thing that worked great for me made it very easy to keep my head down and just stay focused on the goal. I like it. Matt, what was the one thing you got right those first three years? Um, I would say it was the ability to pivot, you know, realizing something's not working and you're like, yeah, I can keep on going down this path and I'm going to get crushed. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to pivot. And so the thing that I enjoyed about it was um, you learn stuff new. You have to create new skills. You have to always be skilling up. You always have to be learning. Um, and in that process, you get better at what you do. You curate a better experience for your tenants. And then you have 90 plus percent retention in apartments. That's what we had. We had 90 for tenants that we placed. We have over a 90% retention in our apartments. That means my cost to re-rent is almost nothing. It's certainly much less, but it does keep us steady enough where we do get those increases on those units, where we get access to them. we It's an inherited tenant in many cases that's then leaving. And then we rehab the unit and then we bring up the caliber of the unit. 
And so those were just things that I learned early on in the process where it was like, I can, this is something I can do. This is something I enjoy doing where we can make it a better uh, experience for tenants and get usually just frankly speaking, usually get a higher caliber tenant. You know, a lot of the tenants that I have inherited, I got the building from a slumlord and, you know, some tenants want to sit there and scream and complain about everything all the time. I get it, but you need to have perspective. You're paying a thousand dollars a month rent for a unit that's $1,800. You can't have it both ways. If you want to spend a thousand bucks, you can stay there for a thousand bucks, but you can't afford to fix anything. That's why I had to buy the building from your landlord. So yeah, for me, it was really just the, the positive about it was just pushing myself. I wasn't a carpenter. I figured it out. You know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a laborer in the perspective where I was, you know, did cement work or anything like that, figured it out, plumbing, figured it out, like all of these things. And so now I've got a bunch more skills where I, you know, if anything ever happened and we didn't have enough money to pay contractors, I would be able to be in the field 60 or 70 hours a week doing a lot more work. Yeah. When I look at the things that I got right, I, I never stopped looking or learning. Uh -huh. I cheated, put a comma there. Uh, I looked at my market every day, even when I didn't have money. I think a lot of people get that wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, looking and looking, we don't have money is equally important because you got to, you have to keep the momentum going. And then I never stopped learning, right? Uh, I kept learning. And frankly, one of the events that I invested going to was a Bruce Norris event that basically educated me that Fresno was unaffordable and I needed to get out to save, um, to save us. And you know, that 1031 exchange of eight houses to 80 units was game changing. Then of course, private money and all these things you learn. So I've never stopped looking. I still look, I looked this morning already and learning, right? Again, people think we've been doing this for 20 years. We're probably doing this 50 years together. In the last 60 days, I've spent thousands of dollars trying to skill up in different areas. Because uh, at least with real estate investing, there's always more you can do. Uh, you don't always go that way, right? One of the events I went to was a syndication event. I'm now more convinced than ever. I don't ever want to be one of those. But now I know, and I don't have to think about it anymore. So again, for me, it was never stop looking and learning. And um, it's fun. I, it, it's a, it's, it really is kind of online game of Monopoly. Four houses, one red hotel. Uh, it was what it felt like. Dion, closing thoughts and where can people find you? The closing thoughts is when you start, you're going to make mistakes in those first few years. You're just going to. Yep. But it doesn't mean that if you studied and learned for 10 more years that you wouldn't make those mistakes. You, you would make some mistakes no matter how long you wait to start. And you can find me right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom, where I do my live streams Tuesday afternoons, 4 p.m. Pacific, where like this week I talk about subjects such as appreciation, is guaranteed. I like it. Matt, closing thoughts where they can find you? Uh, Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and on Instagram, 1130 a.m. Eastern time on Sundays. We do our live stream. Had a lot of fun yesterday. Um, getting ready for another boot camp in the course. Excited for that next class. The first class did fantastic. There were eight, uh, 17 people in that class. They now have a once a month meeting. They've mm -hmm. built their network with each other. Uh, which is awesome and sharing ideas. And there were people that haven't invested all the way up to people with 70 units. Hmm. So they're sharing ideas. And that was the purpose of the boot camp. So when you see that happen, when you see what you would hope would happen, happen, it's really thrilling. So I'm excited for that group and I'm excited for the new group that's uh the new the new uh campers that are gonna be go. in the boot camp in the next couple of months. 
Folks, at the end of the day, real estate investing has clearly changed our lives. We are three of us are clearly helping people change their lives. But again, it starts slow for everyone. Real estate investing is not get rich quick. It's get rich for sure. It is out there. It can change your life. If you just want to get to four and change your retirement, that is amazing. If you want to go further and earn financial freedom, that is amazing. But it is your choice. Folks, just do the work. Have fun, guys. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah.